Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. All hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. And thank you so very, very much. Yes, I am G. Keith Alexander, and we are here. A wonderful day. It's, uh, <clears throat> well, let's see. Thanksgiving was what, last week? I, I think I had a good Thanksgiving and really, really nice with the family and friends, and I certainly hope you did as well. Uh, today, we want to welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Uh, all of you who happen to be listening, wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem, America. Now, today in the What's Hot Spotlight is my lifelong friend, James Beatty, but you can call him Jim. He's a founder and organizer of the African American Golf Expo and Forum. Now, this is a multi-day event held to promote the business and economic opportunities for African-Americans in the 84 billion, with a B, golf industry. The inaugural event was held in August 2021 in Atlanta and drew a total of 750 total attendees and 450 unique participants. The event had an economic impact of $700,000, and this was a first in the history of the golf industry. He has also pioneered many economic development initiatives in rural and urban America, and he's been recognized as one of the, one of the top 50 consultants in America by the Consultant Connection. So it is my distinct honor and pleasure to say that Jim Beatty, is what's hot how you doing today i'm doing fine and thank you so much for having me on your show hey it is my pleasure uh you know we go way back and i mean way back uh for those folks who uh, are listening uh i want you to know that i've known this young man since third grade <laughs> absolutely absolutely who would have thought or who would have thunk it that uh, you and i would one day be uh having a radio podcast show uh together i mean the the nuns at saint agatha uh would probably or they're probably turning over in their grave right now wouldn't you know it? And third grade, as I recall, was Mrs. Walsh was our teacher. And I can tell you that she is the reason that I ended up majoring in mathematics in college. It was due to my third grade teacher. I've always given her that attribution uh, that she helped me on long division. Extra <laughs> uh, problems. And that got me that got me going down that road. Uh, of mathematics, but yep, third grade. I remember it like it was yesterday. Saint well, Agatha. That's right, Saint Agatha. Well, you know, uh, Mrs. Walsh's uh, mathematic uh, uh, training or teaching. Uh, I, I guess it didn't stick with me too well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I wouldn't call mathematics one of my uh, <laughs> strong suits. You know, understood. But, but it's it works for you. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so what I normally do is I usually ask uh, everyone to take a trip uh, back and we, and, and, and we go 
back in time and we used the Wayback Machine to to kind of get my special guest to tell me what life was uh, uh, early on. And I, I have a, an idea since we, we grew up together, but I'd like for you to tell the folks a little bit about your early background. Absolutely. And again, thanks for having me. Well, as, as you mentioned, we both are from the west side of Chicago, Lawndale uh, area. Right. And um, uh, our folks uh, saw to it that we got uh, an education. So we ended up uh, early on at St. Agatha, corner of Douglas and Kedzie uh, That's right. in Chicago. So we have the Catholic background uh, going for us in that regard. But what I also remember, in addition to the uh, serious schooling that we received from the nuns, the BVMs, Blessed mm -hmm. Virgin Mary nuns, they were mm -hmm. very insistent upon us doing well in class, was that we also had a great athletic cohort going for us as well, too. That's and right. uh, I'd like to tell your fans, uh, I recall you being one of the star fullbacks on our undefeated <laughs> Uh, football team uh, at St. Agatha. Uh, uh, I didn't participate in football, but I played a little basketball, but I was on the bench, but you were always a starter and the star. And I got to see folks like you and others. Uh, but I came into my own in baseball as, as, as fate would have it. I pitched uh, mm -hmm. for St. Agatha, was, was mm -hmm. fortunate enough to have a great team behind me some names, if, if you don't mind, I'll name them. No, go right ahead. Sure, because I'm sure they, they, Harris, they'll be listening. William Harris, whom we know and love is Bo, Leon That's Allen, right. Tubo, uh, Roosevelt Jones, Bucky, mm -hmm. uh, Charles Calvert, C, uh, and it goes on and on and on. Let The Gibbons uh, brothers are uh, twins. That's right. They were really uh, good. As well. So we played our lot, a lot of our baseball in Douglas Park, uh, where we won quite a bit, and I was able to pitch there, or I did pitch there, was able to pitch a few no-hitters, a couple of no-hitters uh, as well. <laughs> so uh, I was trying to just stay stay up with you guys. You guys were so talented, and I really looked up uh, to you. You did so well athletically and academically, and I simply just tried to emulate my, my, my big brothers. And uh, it, it finally worked out in baseball. After uh, elementary school, I went to St. Mel. It's now mm -hmm. Providence St. Mel. It merged with the girls' school, Providence, and mm -hmm. decided to run track. And uh, unbeknownst to me, I had some speed, but it really? turned out that I was uh, pretty good uh, in track. I ran the uh, 220 and 440. Ooh, uh, wow. uh, now they're known as the 200 and 400 meters. And I was undefeated in my uh, uh, senior year at, at St. Mel in the uh, 220. Mm -hmm. And that got me a scholarship to Doan, Doan College, now Doan University in Creighton, Nebraska uh, in the uh, in 66. I'm dating myself clearly. Yes, but, uh, <laughs> but it's all right. But went there on a track and academic scholarship uh, where was able to set more records. Uh, majoring in mathematics and met my wife of now 53 years uh, at that campus. Incredible. So, so growing up in Lawndale, uh, we had, I think we had a lot of great support, family support. Our mothers 
I recall my loved mother your, loved your mother talking regularly. Uh, Lorraine and Mary, uh, yeah. Mrs. Steele, Mrs. Nolan, uh, yeah. everybody. But there was such a great uh, support group <clears throat> and pack for us as we were growing up. They all watched over us and kept us, I think, on the straight and narrow. And then we had Father Dan Millette, who oh, great really guy. transformed St. Agatha. He brought the rolling, roller skate roller skate uh, into the gymnasium. Right. As I recall, he did that. And that became a magnet for everybody on the west side to come to. We're going roller skating at St. Agatha. Uh, and, and not to cut you off, but to tell you that that was what got me into roller skating here in New York. And I became like the known as the roller skating DJ. They called me, they used to call me the, uh, the disco kid because I was out every night roller skating or in the discotheque. So it started at St. Agatha. It absolutely did. And I think uh, if we go back and find some West Siders, probably a few South Siders came in there, too. But uh, <laughs> I still remember uh, the roller the roller skating uh, that we had uh, uh, during the week as well as on the weekend. So Father Dan Millette and others at the parish uh, were our, our, our guidance uh, people for sure and helped mold us uh, as, as, as I view are growing up. We still had to contend with all the issues that were there on the West side, but somehow we got through it. We got through it. I mean, <clears throat> the West side was a rough spot in Chicago, but Dan Millette uh, used to deal with all of the, uh, say the, the unfortunate people that got uh, caught up in, 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 in crime and stuff. He would go and, and, and uh, bail them out of jail and, and all sorts of things. But I got to say, I, I got to give props to father Dan Millette because when I got out of the Marine Corps, he got me a scholarship to Fordham University here in New York. And that's what brought me to New York. He became, he left Chicago and he became the assistant dean here at Fordham University. And, and it was Father Dan Millette that uh, got me here. Uh, so I owe him a lot of uh, credit and a lot of love and respect for that. Uh, unfortunately, he, unfortunately, he passed away about three, four years ago. Right, right. Tough, tough guy, great guy. Yeah. Very supportive of all of our teams and efforts. And he was a 24-7, you know, he 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 wasn't, he didn't preach a sermon. He was the sermon. <laughs> he was out there. Oh, yes. Oh, there. yes. He knew no limits and no boundaries. Didn't matter. And if you recall, he introduced us to Father Clements. I oh, remember yes. when he brought Father Clements out doing a football practice right across the street from the church in mm -hmm, Douglas mm -hmm. Park. Right. And there was this uh, black priest, which I had never seen before. Father had him with him. And he said, fellas, I want to introduce you to my friend, Father Clements. I remember that so vividly that, mm. uh, uh, again, just another testimony to uh, Dan Millette. Dan, yes. we call him, right? We, we just call him Dan, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, all right, now you... Went out to Nebraska, which I didn't know there were black people living out in Nebraska myself. But you went out to Nebraska and you became this, this tremendous entrepreneur. And you started a business 
where you provided a call center for BET. Tell us how all of that came about. Okay. Well, let me start with Nebraska. Uh, mm -hmm. That, as I recall from fourth grade, was the Great Dust Bowl. That's what I knew about Nebraska. Mm -hmm. But I knew that uh, I was ready to, to leave Chicago uh, from an educational uh, standpoint. I was ready to move on uh, after high school. And Doan uh, College uh, offered this scholarship. I had a couple of others, but my coach really uh, pushed me toward Doan. What I came to find out, find out was that uh, this is the birth, Omaha is the birthplace of Malcolm X. Really? Yep. 3448 Pinckney in Omaha was his birthplace. Hmm. Uh, and so that became a tremendous connection for me. In any event, uh, I went through uh, my uh, uh, undergraduate uh, at Doan and received my degree. And upon receiving that, I received a job offer from then AT&T, the Bell System, the Northwestern Bell Unit. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was in 70. And it was about in 1970 when AT&T introduced 800 toll-free service. Many, perhaps some of your viewers might recall that there was such a thing as a collect call. Yes. You had to make, <laughs> you wanted to uh, make an interstate call. Well, when AT&T introduced 800 service, it was priced in such a way that being in a central location made it advantageous for large users. And so Omaha became a, a uh, hotspot uh, to take your turn for a moment, for mm -hmm. 800 service. And we had a team at Northwestern Bell that was responsible for that. And I, at one point, headed that team to bring large 800 users uh, into uh, Omaha. Mm. And so corporations such as Marriott, Roadway Inns, Avis, at that time, Avis, Budget Rent-A-Car, Sears, I actually had a rental car division here, Hyatt, mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and, and others uh, had their call center here. Marriott had their call center here. And uh, so we had that part of it. We, we also had what was called direct response part. So you put an 800 number on, up on TV and, and sell Ron Popeil's pocket fishing <laughs> or, or, or coach bags, whatever the case might be, mm -hmm. uh, ambassador leather bags. Uh, many of the vendors in New York, the big catalog companies, mm -hmm. had their 800 calls answered in Omaha. And again, that was part of the group that I had the pleasure of heading uh, for a period of time. And uh, uh, I saw all of this activity, all of these calls, people ordering product and people being employed. And I got bit by the book that, you know, I'd like to give this a try. And I indeed started my own operation, uh, the first Black-owned telemarketing operation uh, in the country, uh, National Communication Service. Mm -hmm. And grew that to about 90 uh, folks or so wow. and uh, ultimately sold that off. Um, uh, I wasn't as capitalized as I should have been, uh, but I had raised several hundred thousands of dollars before I started. 
Mm-hmm. But believe me, your t- your phone bill can get real high uh, back then as well, too. But nonetheless, I was able to sell that off and move into some other uh, venues. Uh, so that's how uh, I got involved through the AT&T Northwestern Bell unit that I uh, headed and then starting my own operation. Uh, and through that, uh, I uh, signed up BET. Uh, literally met with Bob Johnson in his office in D.C. Uh, uh, with his uh, vice, then vice president, Janice Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, uh, convinced them to come out to Omaha and take a trip, uh, take a visit out and see the operation. And as a result of that, for many years, we handled BET one. I think it was 800-238-2400. <laughs> so we handled Bobby Jones Gospel Hour. I remember Ebony, that. Ebony Jet. So if you call back then uh, in uh, the uh, early 80s when I had it, you were talking to one of my agents. I might have been on the phone <laughs> uh, <laughs> handling calls. So wow. it was great. It was well, that, well, that is a, a beautiful story uh, because, uh, you know, I, I never knew that when I was making phone calls that you would be on the other end of the, the phone or one of your people. Look, we, we've got 30 seconds before break, Jim. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, we're talking to James Beatty. We call him Jim. He's a, a dear friend of mine, and uh, we're going to talk more about uh, what he has been up to, and we're going to talk about the business of golf. Uh, which is very important. So uh, this is What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. And you're you're welcome to to check out our website at harlemamerica.com. We'll be right back. Thank you. Harlem America. It's about Harlem. Harlem is my town. Carver Bank, where 80% of every dollar is reinvested in the community. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine, you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint of heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480-553-5741 today. Harlem America, where Coca-Cola is helping you enjoy less sugar. You're listening to Harlem America, talking to the world from the heart and soul of New York. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. So we're here with Jim Beatty, and he's the president of NCS International. He's the president of Jim Beatty Golf Ventures. 
He's executive editor at African American Golfers Digest. He's the founder of African American Golf Expo and Forum. And he's the chair of We Are Golf Recreational Play Subcommittee Diversity Task Force. Cheese and crackers, Jim. <laughs> I don't know how you do it all, but obviously you must be a very important man. So now tell us how you um, got into consulting other folks on how they should and where they should set up their call centers. Absolutely. So after uh, I was able to uh, sell my company, uh, I had certainly a decision to make. And um, what, 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 what do I do next? You know, everybody goes through that at some point or another, perhaps even multiple times. What do I, mm -hmm. Now what do I do? And uh, I, I actually received a call from a small town in Nebraska, which there are many, a town called Aurora, Nebraska. And they called and said, listen, we have been seeing the want ads for jobs in Omaha that can't be filled for call center agents. We, we'd like to get some of those jobs out here. Can you help us? And, you know, I thought about it um, for about, I don't know, 32 seconds. And I said, yeah, <laughs> I, I can help you. Um, let's take the next steps. So the next steps for me was to go out to Aurora, which is about two hours away, meet with their chamber of commerce and talk about what it is they wanted. Uh, talk with the telephone company, who, of course, is a major partner in this process, mm -hmm. what they wanted and said, OK, let's put together a deal, which we did. And within a, um, oh, I'd say a couple of months, two or three months, I had recruited a, about 125 that grew to about 200 jobs uh, wow. out in this small town. That then took on a life of its own. Other towns started calling me uh, <laughs> around Nebraska. And then nationally, other towns started calling me, as well as companies were calling me that, hey, we'd like to expand or we'd like to attract uh, a company like you did in Aurora. We'd like to get one of those or companies would call and say, listen, we'd like to expand. Can you help us? So it was a convergence of uh, many factors that led to my becoming much more involved in the consulting in the business, both from assisting local communities and economic development organizations and telephone companies, which I still do on how you recruit uh, these type of operations, uh, as well as working with companies that are expanding, that are looking for new locations. In fact, um, we we just signed a deal this week with Wewoka, Oklahoma. Wewoka, Oklahoma. Wewoka, Oklahoma, which is about an hour east of Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. From a golfing standpoint, it's the home of Dr. Gil Morgan, who was uh, a dentist but became a fabulous golfer on the PGA and senior PGA Tour. But anyway, I met them many, many, many years ago. Long story, but nonetheless, we are now representing Wewoka, Oklahoma. So we represent communities of all sizes. I've represented Barbados, Jamaica, provinces in uh, uh, Canada. Uh, I've been all over the place. It's 
you know, it's whoever has the contract and wants to hire me. I'm there. I'm kind of like a paladin, <laughs> paladin of economic development. Have contract, we'll travel. It's just yeah. that simple. Wow, incredible. I remember reading about you in the Wall Street Journal and there were other uh, publications. Uh, and I was really impressed because, you know, we had lost contact for a while. And, and I'm reading uh, uh, about you and I'm saying, is this, this is incredible. Yeah, is this the same guy? We used, to be, guy? All, we used to be altar boys together, and, and, and you know, incredible. So, yeah. uh, so I'm I'm very much in, impressed with you. So now, all right. So then, the consulting business um, took on its own life. Yes. But then, how did you become such a luminary in the golfing industry? Well, you, you're using words that I'm not used to hearing in describing me. Uh, I don't think my wife has ever used the word luminary. So but in any event, uh, thank you uh, for that. So as I am working with these companies and we're visiting various communities, invariably, it would uh, someone would want to play golf. Well, growing up in Chicago in Douglas Park, there was not a golf course there that I recall. Right. And, I, and I didn't play golf growing up. And but it became apparent that, you know, I better get with it. Uh, I better learn this game or else I'm going to be left out. So <laughs> as they're on the golf course for three, four hours or whatever the case might be, enjoying the golf and getting to know each other. I always looked at it from the business standpoint that, wait a minute, all of a sudden you're with the person you're trying to contract with or have contracted with, you, this is another four hours or more to interact with them to uh, bolster the relationship, create new relationships, therefore creating new revenue opportunities, money. I need to learn this in a quick hurry. And so <laughs> uh, I uh, certainly... Uh, uh, plunged myself into golf to, I mean, I read books. I read the rules book. I went out and, and made a fool of myself, uh, hitting balls and the whole bit of stuff. I told my wife, uh, Erlene, she said, I'm going to learn this game and I'm going to get, I don't know if I'm going to get good at it, but I'm going to get decent enough where I'm not going to embarrass myself out here. And I, I would think people would say I'm an average to maybe a little bit better than average golfer. I'm by no means qualified to be on the tour, but uh, I can hold my own. I can hold. There are people better and there are people not as not as good. But nonetheless, uh, I found it to be a, an activity that I wanted to be involved in because of the business components associated with golf. You meet people and you spend time with people that you could spend hours and days trying to get appointments with these folks. But when they're on the golf course, you're with, them for, you're with them for four hours or more. You break bread with them afterwards. You have refreshments with them. And as you know, in business, you do business with people that you know. And, and people like. that are familiar with you. And like. Yes. And golf afforded that opportunity for me. And one event and one activity leads you to one place or another. Ultimately, it led me to the World Golf Foundation because I would go to the PGA show, which is every January, about mm -hmm. a million square foot trade show, 40, 50,000 people in and out of this trade show every day. And you meet people, you get associated with people. And uh, I met uh, a gentleman by the name of Steve Mona, 
who was president of the uh, World Golf Foundation. Uh, I attended one of his meetings. We hit it off. He asked me to join a task force, uh, and I, I agreed to do that. And then he asked me to chair a part of it. I agreed to do that. And then it just really took off from there. Uh, I guess I'd have did, I would have done an acceptable job, according to Sister Mary Rose Rita, um, in our <laughs> Catholic training. Uh, I did an acceptable job. Uh, but like anyone, whether Catholic or not, you know, you take on an assignment, you want to do it well. And when you do things well, like you have done, it attracts attention. And uh, then you just have to decide uh, what type of attention and how far you want to take it. And it just golf was just a new world. And it just kept unfolding. Whoa, there's this. You get to travel. You meet people. You meet CEOs. I like this. This makes sense to me. I want, I want to do more of this. So play more golf is <laughs> where I am. In fact, my background is make golf your thing. That is actually the theme of the uh, golf uh, world today is make golf your thing. I serve on the marketing and communications committee that mm -hmm. came up with this. And uh, we encourage everybody. I'd be happy to send it to you using your Please. virtual background at any point. Sure. So golf has just afforded me a, a, a variety of activities. And so I decided to go ahead and uh, form a company, uh, Jim Biddy Golf Ventures, to, to, as I told my wife, who looked at me cross-eyed and like I was crazy, as she normally does, <laughs> you, you want to form another company and you want it to be golf-related. So I will get to see less of you. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so, so uh, we formed the company and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. Now, I've always been very uh, uh, driven in terms of being very specific about what I want to do. I don't want to I don't want to just sit around and play golf. I want to be in the business and management of golf. And how do I best do that? When coupled with the fact that this, as you alluded to earlier, this is an eighty four billion dollar industry. And by the way, that is a two thousand and sixteen figure. Uh, I believe we're closer to a hundred billion dollars now. Mm -hmm. And as I began to study the business components of it, at best, African-Americans and people of color represent easily less than 3%, and I think probably closer to 1% of what this industry is. Mm -hmm. So put in quantitative terms, we are at best 800 uh, uh, million, and we need to be closer to a billion to uh, at, at our rate of uh uh, of uh, representation and population, we need to be about 15% of that uh, 84 or $100 billion, whichever figure you want to use. And so we, we've got to get about the business of being involved in that and being catalytic. And so I want to be uh, catalytic and try to be and want to be and think that I am very catalytic, uh, analytic, catalytic uh, <laughs> in this process. So, all right. So then, uh, I have, on occasion, uh, a few years back, I, I, uh, whenever the United Negro College Fund here in New York, we yeah. had our um, celebrity golf tournaments, they, you know, used to ask me to host the, the tournaments, which I did. Uh, and I'd go out on the, the golf course. I knew nothing about golf. I knew nothing about the scoring. But, you know, I'd, I'd go out there for the fun of it. So, Jim, there seems to be an opportunity all these years that I have missed and, 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 and I guess I represent uh, a, a, a major uh, uh, 
population in uh, in, in in the black community uh, of of you know we're more into basketball and baseball and 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 things like that. Why tell us why and how we should get immersed in the golf, not just playing golf, but the golf industry? Absolutely. Uh, again, eighty four billion trending toward a hundred billion. Uh, one out of every two thousand jobs in America is golf related. One out of every two? One out of every 2,000 jobs. Oh, 2,000 jobs. Okay. Golf related. Mm -hmm. Golf, uh, and I'm going to separate professional play. Everybody knows about the Tiger Woods. There, there are approximately 200 professional golfers out there now, of which, including Tiger, there are five African Americans. Not everybody is going to become a professional golfer. That's hard. Just like not everybody's going to become a professional basketball player or football player. Right. However, you can participate in the industry, the $84 billion industry. The industry needs entertainment. The industry needs food and beverage. The industry needs travel. The industry needs social media. The industry needs on and on and on and on and on. And so, uh, uh, so regardless of what your background is, Marketing sales, golf sales apparel, golf sales uh, uh, all types of equipment. They need salespeople. They need marketing people. They need software people. They need media people. And our people, African-Americans, people of color, need to be aware of these opportunities. I literally two days ago received a uh, call from the editor of Golf Digest that has a job uh, 30 hours a week, and all it is doing is contacting golf courses and writing about golf courses. You don't even mm. have to travel. All you have to do is write about them, get their pictures and write about them, and uh, help uh, put this in the magazine. So we need, we need journalists. We need uh, media people. We need all kind of folks in that. So the, to support what people see on TV, that just doesn't happen. Uh, what you see on TV on Sundays with professional golfers, there's folks on the camera, there's sound people, uh, there's any number of support activities behind this, down to and including somebody's got to provide the porta potties. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So then, with this, um, all these different opportunities, and 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 many of us are already in these areas of, yes. of you know that you speak of. Uh, how do we get inside or on the course uh, or or around the course? How do we multiple do ways, multiple ways? Uh, first of all, I would say to you and your listeners that they can go today right now to pgaimpact.org and register their company. If they have a company, then go there and register that. Hey, here's what I can do. And you register. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Secondly, begin to know what's called your PGA section. Um, there is a PGA section in the New York area. You need to, uh, you, anybody listening, mm -hmm. they have a section, whether they're in Georgia or Maine, there is a PGA office there. You need to go introduce yourself. You need to make it known. You need to go out and uh, if you don't know, you can go out and volunteer. Uh, for uh, helping out on a tournament that's in the area or, or wherever the tournament is. 
but you need to know people in the industry in order to make a breakthrough in the industry to promote your product or service or just learn more about it. You do not, and by the way, you do not need to play golf. It, that's not a requirement of these jobs. You mm-hmm. do not have to be a golfer to be in the golf industry. So I have been working along with several others to promote this at HBCUs, colleges, universities, uh, anyone that'll listen to say your business students, your students, they need to understand there's a tremendous uh, opportunity for careers in golf, internships, jobs, careers, they're there. And and I would say to you, my brother of 60 plus years, <laughs> you, in my opinion, I, I get down on my knees, but then I won't be able to get up too well. I being <laughs> old. You, you can host, in my opinion, you are a gold mine. G. Keith Alexander, Harlem America, golf tournament, hosted by you, I'm telling you right now, is a hit. It's just waiting <laughs> for you to sign off on it and do it. But uh, uh, it, it raises, golf raises billions of dollars for charities. Uh, and so that's been the primary venue. People see the tournament, but the fact is a lot of money is raised for charities, for hospitals, through these professional golf tournaments, but they're also a tremendous business tool. You have to start thinking in those lines. Along Jim, Jim, that is some powerful information, empowering information, because, you know, we uh, Harlem America is all about uh the total black experience in entertainment, empowerment, yes. and health and wellness. Yes. And, and, and you are giving us some empowerment information here. And we're going to take a short break. We'll gotcha. be back with Jim Beatty. Jim has got a lot of important information uh, that we need to, to know so that we can also participate in this $84 billion industry. And if you're listening right now, perhaps you already have some skill or some knowledge Uh, that the PGA can use. And we'll talk more about that when we come back. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The Foxworth Theory is what you need now. Hosted by Eugenia Foxworth. Each show brings a unique guest from many walks of life. From authors and entertainers to artists, fashion, music, and business. You never know what your takeaway will be, but you'll definitely learn something new. It's a whole new type of talk show. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Harlem America Digital Network and the Voice America Variety Channel. The home of Glasso Smart Water is Harlem America. Harlem America, the home of Coca-Cola Zero. Have you ever thought about hosting your own radio podcast to establish fame, fortune, and followers for your small business? People listen to them, they subscribe to them, and they love them. As a small black business owner, doesn't that sound like something that you'd like to be a part of? Well, you can when you hire the radio podcast pros at Harlem America Digital Network. Imagine you'll have a team of creative and technical professionals at your disposal and a one-hour weekly radio podcast to spread the word about your business. Making your business successful with its own media is not for the faint at heart, but it can happen with a Harlem America radio podcast talk show. Get a free consultation by emailing gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com or call D. Daniels at 480 553 7-4-1 today. 
listening to Harlem America. I love it a lot. For entertainment. Check it out. Check it out. Empowerment and health and wellness. Harlem America. You're listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. To reach our show live today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Also, you can send an email to gkeithalexander at harlemamerica.com. Now, back to the show. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, we're here with uh, Jim Beatty, and Jim is talking about the business of golf. And, of course, uh, this is a podcast. This is a, it's live now, but it'll be a podcast. So, you know, if you have uh, time, you can always come back and listen to it again. But, uh, Jim, uh, so you think the, Harlem, the G. Keith Alexander Harlem America Golf Celebrity Tournament would be a big hit? Doesn't even have to be a celebrity tournament. You, you, you make it a celebrity just by your presence. But yes, the, the G. Keith Alexander Harlem America uh, Golf uh, Invitational will be a hit. There, I, I predict that. I claim that right now, period. I, 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 no question. I claim no question. it as well. No so question. All, so all, all you corporate executives and CEOs and, and, and golf enthusiasts and get ready because it's coming because Jim and I are going to hook up and we're going to have balls flying everywhere. And uh, more importantly, we'll have money moving uh, as well, too. This will be a great service for corporations, small and large, uh, in, in your uh, sphere of influence and nationally. And it'll be great for the uh, corporations and great for the people. And uh, I, I just see this as a tremendous, significant business tool for you in all sincerity. This, uh, this will be great uh, to, for you in, in launching and, and doing what you want to do on the uh, platform of the Harlem America. Wow. Well, thank you, Jim. So <clears throat> let's talk about your upcoming uh uh, yeah. Expo and Forum, which is yeah. in, which is next year, which is hey, just a couple of months away is next year. So, yeah. so, so, tell us what you got planned. And uh... absolutely happy to do that. And and if I could just mention one thing, mm-hmm. the New York chapter of the Black NBAs, uh, MBAs, Master Business Administration. I did an interview with them earlier this year. Uh, I will send you information, but you can reach out to them. They are very active in this golf slash business sphere as well, too. Oh, great, great, great. Uh, so, how, uh, how about Delbert? Delbert Cook. Delbert Cook, the publisher of the American Golfers Digest. I don't know if this is going to show through too well on here. but No, you can't see it. Okay, no problem. African American Golfers Digest, Delbert Cook, founder, publisher, it's the uh, only minority female-owned publication in the golf uh, world. It is now uh, going on 17 years old, and uh, we have a circulation of 20,000 and a readership of 80,000. And I serve as executive editor and on the editorial uh, review board uh, for DeBert Cook and have been working with her for 15 of those 17 years. I, I've spoken to her on several occasions, uh, and I'm I'm so happy to to hear that the uh, publication is still flourishing, and that's great. 
she that is, is doing great. well. She is doing well. And uh, everybody, she's been honored so many times and she needs to be honored even more times. Uh, but uh, absolutely, I'm so pleased to have a relationship with her. And she's been one of the biggest supporters of the Expo, uh, G. Keith. So, um, yes, we will have uh, uh, Expo 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, and ideally in August, we are now reviewing uh, proposals uh, from uh, nine communities. As a result of our success last year in Atlanta, we had uh, nine communities reach out to us this year to say, please consider us. I had one as recent as 30 minutes before I got on the phone on the <laughs> Zoom call with you, reach out to me, hotel, mm -hmm. to say we'd like to uh, vie for your business. That is a perfect example of the power of golf, that all of a sudden now people recognize uh, African-Americans and people of color from a perspective of green, green meaning money. We yeah, represent right. money. And uh, and that's fine. That's great. We all know what our we have to know and understand what our worth and our value is. And uh, that's what this expo is all about. So we're in the process of selecting a site. We, I have site visits lined up uh, throughout, excuse me, for the remainder of the year. We'll mm -hmm. make a selection. But to put it quantitatively from a, from a uh, convention and bureau standpoint, we represent three to 400 room nights. <coughs> we represent several uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in expenditures in a local community. And uh, so to that end, we can't we aren't taken lightly. We are very serious. And that was intentional. Uh, I'm not seeking out to uh, put on a little par three contest. I'm, I'm, <laughs> looking, I'm looking to make an impact wherever we go. We want to support that local community. We want to promote entrepreneurship in that local community. We want to promote businesses that are are already in business to help them grow. We want to be a matchmaker with business, uh, larger businesses that can use them. We want these business businesses to be used in PGA, LPGA, USGA events. So we are, again, catalytic. Catalytic. That's it. That's what we intend to be. We hope to have, uh, we're planning on having several hundred, if not several thousand people. This year, it will be a five-day event uh, starting on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. with a clinic for youth, a separate clinic for adults, for beginners, who make folks who know absolutely nothing about the game, fine. This like will me. Be a, this will be a free clinic. No cost to them. We will handle all of that, including clubs. We, uh, once we select the space, we will then promote it accordingly. Saturday evening, we will have a community reception meaning the uh, uh, three, four hundred of our closest friends will join us for uh, a cocktail and uh, uh, a, an overview about the expo and the business of golf uh, that will be done at a venue Saturday night. Mm -hmm. Sunday will be the golf scramble. And that means we have teams of four people uh, that will be playing together as teams over the 72 holes, excuse me, 18 holes. Last year, we had uh, 84 people uh, play in that. So we'll have that as well as uh, generally a silent auction and an awards uh, ceremony right after that. 
Monday starts the expo where we will have exhibits. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday will be exhibits and breakout sessions, topics that are germane to us. How to uh, become a supplier to the PGA, careers and opportunities in the PGA and the LPGA, uh, Ladies Professional Golf Association, uh, how to get your kid through school on a golf scholarship, wow. status of golf at HBCUs throughout America. Uh, we will have people from the uh, Black Coaches Associ Black Golf Coaches Association of America there. Uh, uh, the United States Golf Association uh, will generally uh, last year had their museum had museum artifacts there that included programs uh, autographed or signed by Joe Lewis. A lot of people don't realize Joe Lewis was a great was obviously a great boxer. He was one heck of a golfer. Really. And Joe Lewis was one of the first black people to play in a, a PGA sanctioned event in, in Los Angeles. Uh, he was what we call pretty much a scratch golfer, meaning he could go out and shoot close to par. And he used his influence to get others. Joe Lewis also was uh, a supporter of many early black golfers, the Charlie Sippers of the world, Lee Elder and others. And God rest the other soul, he unfortunately passed this week. He kept them on his payroll to support them because they could not play in the PGA. There was a cause in the uh, PGA of America's uh, uh, constitution that uh, if you weren't Caucasian, you couldn't play on the tour. That really? cause was lifted in 1961. That hmm. cause was lifted in 1961. But up until then... Uh, many black golfers played in the United Golfers Association, UGA, in their tournaments. And uh, Joe Lewis uh, played in them, and he supported many golfers, paid their way, paid their uh, fees. He was probably one of the biggest supporters of and the reason why golf is so do was so dominant in the, in the black community. Uh, he really is the reason that we have many golf professionals yet today, in my opinion. So That's we... we Remarkable. That's remarkable history. Uh, yeah, I I had no idea, and that that is amazing. Yes, it is. Uh, and 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 it gets better. His son Joe Louis Barrow became the national president of what's now known as the First Tee of America, uh, which is a uh, youth development golf program that has chapters across the United States. His son was a was the uh, president of that and uh and led that to unprecedented heights but we will so we'll cover all of these subjects uh we will of course publish this on our website aagolfexpo.com mm -hmm. uh, that will be uh, people can go to that site now but it'll be updated as we uh add our uh pieces to the puzzle on where we will be and and all of that the exhibits we will have uh black owned companies it's open to everyone, but we wanted to make it make certain that black owned companies could participate and, and have space there. Uh, so, but anyone from uh, all American soul brothers who produce barbecue sauce, to <laughs> OMG lemonade, which is a black company uh, started by an 18 year old. Uh, they were there, but mm. we also have ping true. Uh, Club Core. These are major names in the golf industry there. Uh, golf Pride, Division of Eaton Corporation, 
They all are there together. That's the intentional uh, purpose of this event is to put people together to do business. That's what we are planning to do. And I believe we did a good job of it. We want to even do a better job next year. Well, Jim, this has been a wonderful opportunity for you to share this with uh the black community and Harlem America, what we do is we, we connect Harlem with the Harlems of the world. And I think that this message will get out to folks all over the country that, hey, wait a minute, maybe I can participate in this, uh, uh, this industry uh, where there's $84 billion worth of uh, uh, opportunity. So Jim, we've got three minutes left. Uh, I am so happy that you took the time out to, uh, sit with me and have this uh, really amazing discussion. And uh, I want everyone to know that if you didn't get all the information, you can listen to the podcast later. The podcast will be up on harlemamerica.com where we've got some great articles about uh, rich uh, black culture and some people you ought to know. We've got some uh, radio podcasts up there from some celebrities and entertainers. And also we just launched our new show, called the full-time CEO, the S-H-I-T, they won't tell you. <laughs> and, and also, be sure and check out the Foxworth Theory, uh, which is on Harlem America as well. So, Jim, I'm going to bid you a fond adieu and thank you. Say hello to your lovely wife. And um, uh, we look forward to talking to you more about business opportunities in the golf industry. And I certainly... Tonight, I'm going to lay in bed and say, G. Keith Alexander, Harlem, America, Golf Invitational. Hmm. There you go. All right. That's now, are, are, are you going to support me on this? Uh, I'm going to plan it for you. We're going to be All right. partners in this, brother. We're not going to let this money get past us. That's what, that's what it is. <laughs> plain and simple. Get down. All right. All right ladies, well, thank you so very, very much, ladies and gentlemen. Please uh, come back again and next week. And uh, at 1 p.m. here at HarlemAmerica.com, this has been What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. And we thank you so very, very much for listening. Have a great day and a better one tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening.